The Rural Health Voice, Episode 11, Poison Control. Welcome to The Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. Quick! If someone swallows something that you think might be dangerous, do you call 911 or poison control? Kristen Wagner, Education Coordinator from the Blue Ridge Poison Center, joined the Rural Health Voice to help you determine which is best. Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So first things first, what is a poison center and what does it do? Well, a poison center is staffed by nurses and doctors but you don't come visit us. It's a place that you call on the phone to talk to them if you are concerned that somebody has been exposed to something harmful. And the nurses and doctors that work here are additionally trained in managing poison exposures to all kinds of sources. They are the real experts, and they will tell you exactly what to do. So you're the Blue Ridge Poison Center. Do you cover the whole state, or are you just certain portions of Virginia? How does that work? Well, there are actually 55 poison centers in the entire United States, and the state of Virginia has three. But the thing we want the public to know is that they don't need to concern themselves with that. The poison center toll-free hotline number is the same everywhere in the country. So it works very similar to 911. No matter where you are in the country, there's one number that you call if you need the police or the rescue squad or the fire department, and your phone call is routed to the area assigned to serve you. And poison centers operate that same way. Now, my center, the Blue Ridge Poison Center, we are in Charlottesville, and we are affiliated with uh, UVA, with the University of Virginia Health System, but our territory is pretty enormous. It goes all the way up to Frederick County and all the way down to Halifax County, and then everything west of that. So it's, it's actually 55 counties in Virginia, and as you know, a big proportion of the service area that the Blue Ridge Poison Center covers is very rural. Yeah, that's a big section of the state, but obviously you're not traveling to all those if you're just fielding phone calls. <laughs> I do some traveling. Um, I really enjoy getting on the road and going to speak to people, um, but uh, I try to to conserve our resources as best as I can by having a really active uh, materials mailing program, and um, we have lots of resources available on our website, including some recorded webinars. We have a newsletter. We have, uh, we release a lot of information to the media. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter feed. So I do what I can to, to serve all of the Virginians that I serve. There's about two and a half million of them. Um, even though I'm not able to actually get on the road and go and talk to them as much as I would like. When someone says poison, the first two images that pop into my head are either a small child that got into household cleaning products or a movie where the bad guy slips something into someone's drink. <laughs> How do those two situations compare with the actual data on poisoning? The, uh, the biggest myth that I face as the health educator is that poison centers are just for people with children. Now, don't get me wrong. We get lots of calls about 
little children. And if you've ever spent time with a toddler, that's probably no surprise to you because they're very curious. They get into everything. Um, they're, they're, the mouthing behavior of a toddler gets them into a lot of trouble because they put everything into the mouth. Um, and in fact, just about half of our calls are about children under the age of six. However, we do get a lot of calls from children who are older than six, from teen, about teenagers, about working-aged adults, and about senior adults. And in fact, the poisoning uh, fatalities are more common in the working-aged adults. So people between the ages of 20 and 54, that is the age group that sees the most serious poisonings and the most poisoning deaths. So poison centers, we do serve lots of uh, people with children, but we're for everybody because anybody can uh, be poisoned. So what are the most common ones outside of the little kids? Well, when you break down the mo- we, we keep a record, by the way, of every, every call that comes into the Poison Center. We collect data on that call. And that data is really helpful because it allows us to uh, get real-time information about what's happening. Um, it, it can provide a nice snapshot of the situation of poisoning um, in our region. But also, our data is uploaded in near real-time to a national database along with all the other poison centers in the country. And this allows us to look at data across the whole country as well. So the the good thing um, for me as the educator is that the data at the Blue Ridge Poison Center tends to pretty closely mirror what's going on in the whole country. Um, Although there are a few regional differences, but back to your question. So across the entire country and here at the Blue Ridge Poison Center, by far the number one source of poisoning for all ages is medicine. And in fact, about 60% of all the calls that we get involve a, a, a pharmaceutical product of some kind. So this could be anything from an overdose to an opioid, uh, all the way to uh, a small child who uh, maybe got into the vitamins and, you know, helped themselves to some vitamins. So um, also herbal products, those are, those are a big problem. And uh, so, yeah, medicine, we don't think of medicine as being poisonous, but it, it can be quite poisonous if it's taken in the wrong dose or by the wrong person or in the wrong combination. Now, uh, if you're small, the next most common thing that you're likely to be poisoned by is either a cleaning product or um, a pesticide or a plant. So those are some of the most common poisons for very young children. And it kind of makes sense because things like pesticides, cleaning products, also personal care products. And what I mean by that are non-pharmaceutical things that you buy at um you can buy them at a pharmacy store like mouthwash and you know hair products, fingernail polish remover, skin creams, things like that. Those are all products that we tend to store in places that children can easily get their hands on them. So those are the those are some of the most common poisons for for young children. For adults, we see a lot of the same thing. Also uh, cardiovascular drugs, alcohols, pesticides. Uh, stimulants and um, street drugs. Also, um, if you uh, if you 
people don't often think about this as a poisoning, but um, we have some venomous critters that live in our state. And so if you have an unfortunate encounter with a snake or a spider, you can call the Poison Center and we'll be happy to help you with those calls as well. We, we treat a lot of those patients over the year. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned one of the most common for the the non-little kids is the pharmaceuticals. You know, one of the things that VRHA has been doing as part of our opioid education program is really encouraging people to make sure that their medications are stored correctly so that nobody gets into their prescriptions either by accident or on purpose. Make sure that stuff's put away. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. That is a huge um, problem in our country and also in the part of the state of Virginia that the Blue Ridge Poison Center uh, is responsible for. And the message is is a great one. Make sure that you keep all medicines stored up high, out of sight, and out of reach. There's no such thing as a child-proof medicine bottle. We use that term all the time, right? Child-proof mm-hmm. bottle, child-proof cabinet lock. But little kids can figure it out. Um, especially after they've watched you do it a few times, you know, you push and turn and there you go. Um, they can eventually figure that out. The, um, the other message that uh, I work really hard to get out to the public is that it's a, it's a bad idea to hang on to your leftover prescription medicine. That's a mindset that I wish I could change. A lot of people feel like, you know, if they've got leftover pain medicine from a surgery or um, something like that, an antibiotic from an infection, they want to hang on to it because they think they might need it just in case someday in the future. And that's really um, asking for trouble because those medicines can easily become diverted into the wrong hands. Now, the wrong hands could be a little child who's being curious and rummaging around in the medicine cabinet. But it could also be a drug seeker, or it could be someone who's looking for a means of self-harm. And so we're, we're really working hard to get the word out that we need to start thinking about our medicines the same way that we think about our valuables and our firearms and anything else that would be really harmful. We wouldn't go around leaving a gun or a big knife out in the middle of the table, um, And we wouldn't leave our money or our jewelry just sitting around where it's really easy for anyone to see. And we need to start thinking about our medicines the same way. Um, If you have a prescription, if anyone in your home has a prescription of something that is really highly sought after for diversion, so as an example, an opioid, if you have a prescription for that, we advise getting yourself a lockbox and keeping your medicines in the lockbox they're available at almost any pharmacy. They're they're not that expensive. They're a lot to pick from. You can buy them online. And then keep that box somewhere up high so children can't get into it. But someplace it's not obvious. So you're know, not right on the bedside table, not in the bathroom medicine cabinet, someplace else. And, uh, of course, keep the poison center number in the lockbox. Keep it nearby. That way, if there is an accident, you'll know how to find our number without having to run around and look for it. Sure. And we'll make sure we post that phone number in the show notes so that people can access that once they've heard the episode. Oh, thank you. That'd be great. So you're talking about the different ages. Are there other things that are variations in types of poisoning? Maybe, you know, does the weather or the season of the year make a difference? 
It does. We actually, uh, of course, in the summer, that's when we're more likely to get those calls about snakes and spiders <laughs> and bees and uh, poison ivy and poisonous plants and things like that. So um, poisons that you find in nature, those calls are more common in the spring, in the summer, and into the fall a little bit. The Blue Ridge Poison Center's territory is indeed quite rural. And um, other than some highly populated areas around Fredericksburg and Charlottesville and Roanoke and Blacksburg, um, our territory is very spread out. And some of the people that live in those parts of the state are 30 minutes or even an hour or more away from a healthcare facility. And that is one really um, important reason why we want people to have the poison center number handy. Because here's the thing, when you call the poison center, about 80% of the time, the nurse specialist who answers the phone is able to tell you what to do to take care of your poisoning right there at home or wherever you're calling from so that you don't have to uh, rush to the hospital or call 911 and wait for an ambulance to arrive. Um, you don't have to spend that money going to the ER. You don't have to spend all that time worrying about what happened. So if you call us, and our call is free, you can get immediate free help about what happened. And chances are pretty high that we're going to be able to help you stay home. Now, that doesn't mean that we never advise anyone to go into a healthcare facility, because sometimes we do think that that is the best course of action. And when that is warranted... Not only will we reassure you that that's the step you need to take, but we can call ahead to whatever whatever healthcare facility you're going to and let them know you're on the way and offer our advice. In fact, about 20% of our phone calls don't come from the general public. They come from other healthcare providers who are treating their own poisoned patients and they want our expertise in the care of that patient. So... Within the 54 counties that the Blue Ridge Poison Center serves, there are a little over 40 hospitals. And so we are the poison center for all of those hospitals. And we have a great relationship with all of them. And uh, we will, if you are admitted to any of those healthcare facilities, we will continue to follow you until you are discharged or until the the situation is under control so that we will be able to check in with the team taking care of you and make sure that if, if any any symptoms have changed, if the history has changed, we can provide um, uh, an updated um, ad- advice about the whatever whatever the poisoning situation is. There's been some studies done to evaluate the impact of that on our country financially. And there have been a few over the years. The most recent one was in 2017, and it was prepared for HRSA, um, which is the Health Resources and Services Administration, by um, a firm called the Lewin Group. And they found some really interesting things. Um, they found that um, because of the fact that we often do prevent people from going to the hospital when they don't need to, um, poison centers across the country uh, reduced the probability of hospital admission by almost 14%, which which comes to an estimated cost savings of about $31 million in a year. And we also prevented an estimated uh, almost 85,000 emergency department visits, which saves about $81 million annually. And then in the, in the case when 
someone's poisoning does require them to seek care if they are admitted to a healthcare facility and if the poison center is consulted along the course of their care um, they've uh, they've determined that it it provides a, an estimated 9.2% reduction in hospital length of stay which trans translates to a cost savings of about 201 million dollars annually so poisoning <laughs> is a big problem in our country, and poison centers are poised to really help uh, Virginians and Americans uh, save money and save valuable resources. Yeah, so, so we think not, we're a good deal. Oh, yeah. So not, not <laughs> just the health benefits, but there's your pocketbook, too. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And our, our experts are highly trained. I mean, the people that answer the phone at the poison center, which, by the way, is not me. I'm not a. I'm not a <laughs> clinician, so I'm. I am not allowed to answer the phone here. But the nurses and doctors that work here, what they have to go through as part of their training, is so extensive, and poison centers are on the 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 leading edge of of information about how to manage poison exposures of all sources. So that that's why 20% of our calls come from other healthcare providers because they know that we have the most current up-to-date information and the general public has access to that exact same information. So if you are concerned that someone has been exposed to something harmful, don't waste time by trying to look it up on the internet. Please just give us a call because Within a matter of moments, our nurses and doctors here will be able to give you the best advice. And every poisoning is different. So no matter what you find on the Internet, it may not match your situation. So we are, we are here to help you. Um, we have great experience and, and uh, great information. And uh, we encourage people to give us a call if they ever think they need us. Plus, I would think that just like many other situations, what you find on the Internet might not be accurate. That is true. Dr. Google is often wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we would really rather you call us first. So you talked a lot about you know, what you can do for people who you know, have been poisoned or are concerned about somebody else you know, around them that may have been poisoned. What resources do you have for healthcare providers? First of all, as I mentioned before, um, we are utilized by healthcare providers because they know that we are the experts. So we can help manage uh, the poisoned patient anywhere in our service area of Virginia. And um, so we have that to offer, that expertise and that wisdom. And our doctors are happy to consult in your case at any time of the day or night. So you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's not a problem. A, a real-life human being will answer the phone and help. We also have a newsletter that goes out once a month called Tox Talks, and Tox Talks is written by the, the toxicologists who work here at the Poison Center, and these, are also, um, these toxicologists are also practicing physicians. They, they see patients here at UVA in uh, the emergency department, and uh, they consult in the care of patients throughout uh, UVA health system, and they consult in the care of patients throughout the state of Virginia. So they have a lot of wisdom and experience. And once a month, they write an article on a particular topic uh, of interest to healthcare providers. And that, that newsletter is available free 
So you can find it on the website or you can sign up to receive it as an email attachment either way. Um, so that's, that's another great resource that we have. Sure. And we'll make sure that we put links to all that in the show notes as well. You're talking about the doctors calling in if they have a concern. Is that the same phone number as the general public or is there a different phone number for healthcare providers? It's the same phone number, and uh, when they call in, the the nurse who answers the phone, if they need a consult with the physician, then the nurse can arrange that instantaneously. Excellent. One phone number covers everything. Yeah. And you can use that number to call and ask for materials as well. So uh, the, the poison hotline number, uh, perhaps I should say it out loud at this sure. point, is one 800 2221222 that number uh is 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 a it, it is our emergency hotline number but you don't have to be having an emergency to use it so it's not like 911 where you might get into trouble if you're calling about something that is not life threatening uh you can use that number to reach us at any time for anything so if you would like to order some magnets to distribute to your girl scout troop or if you want to uh, sign up for a newsletter if you want to just ask a question for example um let's say you've you accidentally dropped your pill minder box and all your pills are spilled all over the floor and you can't remember which is which you can call us and we will help you identify the pills for you. And that's also a great resource that we offer to law enforcement and to school officials. So we can do pill IDs at any of the time of the day or night. You can call us if, uh, let's say somebody gave you a house plant for Christmas and you have a toddler and you want to know, is this plant poisonous or not? Uh, we can help you with that. So the, the number is, uh, is toll free and it's for any kind of situation. You can even call if you if you're not entirely certain that a poisoning has happened, so here's a here's a very common scenario. Uh, you walk into the room, and there's your three-year-old, and she has somehow found a bottle of medicine, and she's pulled off the cap, and all the pills are spilled on the floor around her, and uh, you rush over, and she doesn't seem to have any in her mouth, and you can't figure out if any are missing. So you don't really know. What do you do? That's a, that's a, that's a real common problem. Um, and we get a lot of calls like that. And when it happens to you, it can be frightening and it can be really hard to process. What should I do next? If you call the poison center, our nurse specialists are able to sort of guide you through a step-by-step um, process of elimination to figure out what's the worst case scenario that could have happened here. So um, we we never want people to be concerned that maybe this isn't an emergency, so I don't want to waste anybody's time or or wake anybody up in the middle of the night. Our, we, our nurses are always on the clock here 24 hours around around. So you, you, you're never waking anybody up and you're never bothering us. We want you to call if you have any concerns at all. Absolutely. Now you, you keep talking about, you know, if, if a child accidentally swallows a pill or munches on a plant, because again, they put everything in their mouths. The thing that keeps going through my head is what about my pets? Can I call if my dog swallowed something? <laughs> You certainly can call. Um, our nurses are not trained in veterinary toxicology, but they might know some basics. And it, 
the most they can they can look up information. We have a vast database available at our fingertips about every kind of medicine, every kind of product, every plant, every chemical. They can look it up and have some general idea. But there is an animal poison center. Um, there are actually two. One of them is operated by the ASPCA, and the other one, I don't have the name of it off the tip of my tongue, but I can get it to you. Um, now, both of those animal poison centers, there's only two serving the, in the entire country. They are not a free resource. We are a free resource. The animal poison center is not. But they're not that expensive. I think they're, I think it's 35 or $40 maybe to call them. And they are veterinarians trained in toxicology for animals. So um, if anyone is ever really concerned about their pet, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend that they get in touch with the Animal Poison Center. It's, it's highly worth the money. And in fact, some of our nurses have used the Animal Poison Center because of things that happened with their own pets. So um, you're welcome to give us a call. We can at least maybe get you started. And at the very least, we can find that number for you because we keep it close by. Great. We talked about, you know, making sure medications are high up or locked away. What are other things that people can do to prevent poisoning for themselves as well as their friends and family? Mm-hmm. Poisoning prevention is not rocket science. It's really easy, but the hard thing is just sort of committing to do it. Um, a couple things. First of all, make sure that you read the labels on all of your medicines and all of your products and use the product the way it's meant to be used. And take all of the safety information seriously. So if, for example, you're using a cleaning product and it says don't mix with any other cleaning product or always use in a well-ventilated space, take that information seriously. Uh, second thing, um, don't put products into unmarked containers. So as an example, if you have just a little bit of... Uh, dish detergent left over in the bottom of the bottle. Don't pour it into a glass and leave it sitting around. Um, people do that often, especially with, they seem to do that a lot with automotive products. Uh, and also things like turpentine and gasoline. People tend to pour them into, say, a Pepsi bottle or something and then leave that sitting around. And you would be surprised how many times that results in a mistake. Well, I think that the the cleaning uh, labels is a really interesting one. You know, I can think of a number of times when I've been cleaning the bathroom and I started to cough pretty bad and I had to get out of there for a little bit. Oh yeah, that that's a common problem. If you mix up two products together, one of which contains bleach and the other which contains ammonia, you can create a really toxic gas, which is really irritating and can cause a lot of coughing and choking and it can make your eyes water and uh, it could, could be really, really bad news. So yeah, it's best not to mix cleaning products uh, at all. Now we talked about what people can do, you know, for themselves and for their loved ones, but if someone's concerned about addressing poison risks in their community in general, making sure that, you know, everybody's got the message, what advice would you give them? What steps can they take? Um, I would encourage everyone to make sure they have the number programmed into their cell phone. Um, the number seems simple enough until you're facing an emergency and then you go into panic mode and it's really hard to remember. 
is the one in the front of all those twos or is it in the back of all those twos? So if you program the number into your cell phone, that way you don't have to think about it. You can also keep um, a magnet on your refrigerator or a sticker near your phone. Uh, that way you can, you can be able to see it quickly if you need it right away. Uh, we would also encourage everyone to uh, sign up for our newsletter because we, we tackle different topics uh, four times a year and uh, sort of go into depth about things that we want people to, to know about, poisoning risks, uh, poisoning prevention strategies. The most recent article that I just printed uh, was about marijuana which is a really timely topic now as um, all across the country states are starting to have conversations about legalization and it's becoming, um, it's becoming more and more available. And so the most latest issue of our public education newsletter delves deeply into that topic. It's, uh, it's all about marijuana. What does a poison center doctor want you to know? <laughs> it's a great article, so I encourage people to look look for that on our website and sign up for the newsletter. Um, in terms of advice, like what what advice would our doctors give if they could just give one advice? Um, I think that it would depend on the age group they were speaking to. So. Poisoning risks are different for different ages. If, uh, if I was going to give advice to somebody who had small children in their home, it would be to keep everything up high out of sight and out of reach. Um, if I was going to give advice to someone who had a teenager at home or somebody who was a young adult, this is the age where people are more likely to be seeking substances of abuse. And I think that one message I would like to share is if you are purchasing or obtaining in any way an illicit substance of any kind, whether it's an ecstasy pill or a marijuana cigarette, anything like that, you have no idea what you're really getting. Um, the, the, the likelihood that the product you're getting is contaminated with some other substance is really high. This has been documented. So um, I would say just be really careful. Um, it's, it's impossible to know the strength, the purity, the, the ingredients of any substance like that just by looking at it or just by the reputation of the seller. Um, if I were speaking to working-aged adults, I would probably say, best advice, um, read the labels and follow the safety information on your medicines and on your cleaning products and your pesticides, and really pay special attention to the doses of your medicine, because um, just because two of something makes you feel better doesn't mean that eight are going to make you feel amazing. <laughs> so uh, you don't want to just overdose at will uh, without uh, without permission from a health care uh, physician. If I were going to say one best piece of advice for a senior adult, it would probably be keep a list of all the medicines that you take, even your over-the-counter medicine choices, um, and, and always have those with you when you go see the doctor because the older we get, the more likely we are taking many, many different uh, kinds of medication, and it can be really easy for our physicians to 
to accidentally prescribe something that doesn't go well with something else that we're already taking. So to prevent a negative drug interaction, make sure that your healthcare team is aware of everything that you take all the time. And it can be hard to remember that. So if you just write it down, um, that'll be easier. And we actually have on our website, you can download a special little chart that we designed so that you can keep track of it um, really easily. There's a there's a, a real nice chart and has some helpful safety information along with it that you can keep with you at all times. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really want to re- reemphasize the need to keep medications put away. Um, I know a lot of people think, you know, either I don't have kids or my kids wouldn't be involved in that stuff, but you just never know. You know, we've certainly seen instances where, you know, it wasn't maybe their kids, but it was a friend of a child that came over to visit or it was a, a a maintenance person that came by to maybe fix the plumbing or something else. You just never know. It could be your dog, you know, if you accidentally get into something. Mm-hmm. So make sure that stuff gets put away. Yeah. And I got to say, it's personal to me because it happened to my own mother. She uh, lived alone and uh, in a rural part of the state. And she had a prescription for pain medicine because of a back issue. And she had her medicine stolen by the house painters who she hired to paint the house while she was at home. And it was many, many hours after they left before she discovered that they had emptied out her entire prescription bottle. So, you know, it never would have occurred to her to put those in a safe place because she lives alone and her grandchildren are all grown up. But, um, as I mentioned, we are in a, we are living in a different time, and we have to start thinking about our medicines the way we think about our valuables and our weapons. So they need to be secured at all times, and you should keep track of your pills too. You should be able to notice if any have gone missing or if uh, if somebody has replaced them with something different. And if you could do anything, what would you do to improve health and healthcare in rural America? Wow, if I could do anything. And it doesn't have oh to be on, over, on, on a poisoning. It can be anything. Mm. I would make it possible for every person to have a medical home so that everybody had a doctor that they got to see once a year for preventive care. Because I think information about you know how to be safe and how to be healthy and um, information about what the poison center is and, you know, what what should you do if you think there's been a poisoning? Those messages are sometimes best received by people that we know and that we have a relationship with, um, such as a healthcare provider that knows you and knows your history and you see on a regular basis. Um, And, you know, for me, I'm a health educator, so I'm in the business of prevention. I I think that um, prevention is so important when it comes to whether it's injury or disease or illness, um, prevention is is everything. And it's often overlooked and underappreciated, um, not just in Virginia, but in our country. Um, you know, something that doesn't happen is often a, a non-entity. You know, a poisoning that doesn't happen is, is a non-issue. And um, I just, I feel like if we had, if everybody had the opportunity to, see a physician and have a relationship with a physician on a regular basis so they could get good information and good preventive care, that would be, that would be huge. Can you make that happen for me? (laughs) I'll see if my magic wand is that big. We'll see. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. 
That's Kristen Wegner from the Blue Ridge Poison Center, letting you know that no matter where in the U.S. you are, 1-800-222-1222 is the number to call. National Poison Prevention Week is March 18th through 24. Celebrate by reviewing the show notes to find Poison Center stickers and other resources. We are just one month from the Virginia Rural Health Clinic Summit. The 2019 event will be April 17 and 18 in Blacksburg. For details, visit vrha.org and click the Events tab. The Rural Health Voice is the podcast of the Virginia Rural Health Association. It is sponsored by the Virginia State Office of Rural Health and underwritten by the National Rural Health Association.